Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep. With your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've been a penny. I will buy the stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to this Thursday edition of Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep. Spencer Israel, Dennis Dick. I think Joel will be back tomorrow. I think. So uh, today's the last day with the two of us. In the saddle, and uh, wow, a lot going on here. We've got some rotation this morning. China stocks, looks like they're giving back all those gains from a couple weeks ago now. Uh, Twitter, epic hacking, we'll talk about that. Earnings on our radar, uh, banks this morning, J&J this morning, Netflix after the close, a lot going on here. Uh, I'll bring Dennis on now. Jason Rasnick will be our guest. He'll join us at around 8 uh, 40 or so today for the final 20 minutes of today's show. He's, of course, the founder and CEO of Benzinga. Uh, a lot going on here, Dennis. I don't know what you make of this market. but it, it, It's it, a it, very it, confusing market. So obviously, buy the dip, sell the rip has still been working. We're going to continue to say that because yesterday, if you were coming and buying stocks yesterday, you just had to be in stocks. You were wrong. We said it on the show when the S&Ps were trading, or SPY was trading over 322. And we're like, this is the day to book profits. Again, it appears that that was correct because you can see in certain stocks, they're holding up, but other stocks like, you know, and especially anything Chinese here this morning is really getting slammed. But we're in rotation station. I mean, this is just, you know, what this market is. And you're seeing some stocks trade higher here this morning, believe it or not, you're seeing a tech wreck. And uh, it's looking more and more like when we talk called the blow off top after the Tesla big move, in tech, it's looking more and more like that was the case. I mean, Alibaba that day, obviously, you know, there's, there's news from China, so that's really slamming those stocks. But Amazon, we're going back to July 13th when everybody had to own tech stocks, and Amazon was up another 150 points, and then it turned around that day and closed red. That was the key reversal. Those are big technical days. And since that day, it's been leaking. Tesla, same story, it was up 250 points and came all the way back down, went red, didn't quite close red that day. So it wasn't a full, and it didn't uh, exceed the range. So it wasn't a full key reversal, but it was a reversal. And you're seeing now money start to come out of that. So that was the blow off top. It looks like in Tesla, we're starting to see it now. And obviously Tesla trading down 70 points here this morning. So tech, the tech trade got crowded. Does that mean it's over? I don't think it's over. I don't think the tech trade is over, but I think it's going to cool off here for more than a day. And you've got some people caught here and a lot of people banking that, oh, yeah, it's going to bounce back. And we said with Apple, um, I said I'd be a seller if I and I still have a long term portfolio. We're not talking investing here. People think I'm buying and selling my investing account, not doing anything in the investing account besides buying, you know, dips and adding a few stocks here and there. 
In the short-term trading account, though, in the swing trading account, if you were long Apple, yesterday was a fantastic selling opportunity. What, what an opportunity! Because if you look at the chart, three ninety-nine eighty-two was the blow-off top. It and you know two days later it was down to three seventy-five. Bounces all the way yesterday up to three ninety-six ninety-nine, almost giving you another shot up there. Now it's back here at three eighty-six. Now you have the dreaded double top up there, which makes me feel like, hey, this tech rally wants to cool off. Heading into earnings season too, interesting timing for, for the tech. And, and that can change things too. I mean, yeah. you know, the rotations can change things. Obviously we get vaccine news and we know what that can do. But I mean, we had the great vaccine news from Moderna. And again, what is it? It's a selling opportunity. And MRNA lifted up and we talked about it in the pre-market. It did get above the high, $87. And it did get above, it got to 88.37, but then they pulled the rug out from under it. And again, that trade has just been consistent, selling on the news when you've got a vaccine, um, selling the actual stock. And they get the big pop, they hang out there for a little bit. This hung out there for a few minutes after the open and then tanked. And now you're looking at it, it's almost given back its entire gain from the last two days, from, from yesterday, because you're trading down the 78 handle. AstraZeneca last night um, announced some news. Can you give us that news, Spencer? And I'll tell you how I traded this one. Yep, this was out yesterday after the close. Uh, it was it was actually the same thing we talked about in the morning. Yeah, it, it, it was already kind of expected, right? So, right? so in the morning, we there was there was a report from a British outlet that the AstraZeneca was going to uh, talk about uh, their this Oxford uh, vaccine uh, in in the Lancet, uh, which is this, med this medical journal. They ended up talking about it yesterday after the close. They 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 had a release and uh, they talked about the T cell antibody response. And uh, so the news that was out yesterday afternoon was really already out yesterday morning. So and that's what I thought too. But last night they just could not stop buying AstraZeneca. And if you look at the after hours chart, it traded up the entire after hour session, fifty nine sixty, and then it was trading the sixty and went over sixty one. And this is AstraZeneca. This isn't like a little Moderna. You know, AstraZeneca is a huge company, you know, kind of, you know, to the equivalent of like a Pfizer over here. So, yes, you know, a vaccine can help. But is it, you know, going to change their entire company and, you know, put on, putting on that kind of market cap? I didn't think so. So last night I was like, you know what? This is the kind of stock. And again, because it trades as an ADR over here, you have U.S. traders trading a European company. And a lot of times, for whatever reason, the after hours, U.S. traders don't know what the hell they're doing. So I was like, you know what? I don't think this is going to open up over 60 when it opens in Europe at three o'clock in yesterday morning. So I shorted it last night at 60.40. And I come in, I got to my desk at 5.30 and I covered this trade down at 56.20. So I literally made over four bucks on AstraZeneca, which is we'll just an incredible move. And I mean, that's just the classic. I've got, I've got a lot of ducks in a row here. I've got, I think the move's overdone. One second, they've been selling the stocks when they had the good vaccine. Third, this stock already popped on, on that we knew good news was coming. So I thought all of it was priced in already. But apparently the after hours trader thought it was all new and they had to keep buying. And they were buying with volume. Like you could have did, you know, as many shares as you wanted last night. It was trading with size up there all for four hours. And you come in this morning and here it is. Now it's at 57.16. But like I said, it was lower than that this morning. At 5.30 in the morning, it was trading down the 56 handle. I actually got covered near the low there. I think it was like 56.15, somewhere in there. 
So, I mean, these are the opportunities that present themselves and it's an inefficiency really is what it is. Um, I see that often happen, you know, when you have US, when you have uh, ADRs trading after hours, you've always got to be somewhat skeptical about the US action because one, a lot of times on lighter volume and two, we're not the primary market. So you have, you know, participants, US participants trading in a company on a vaccine headline, oh, Algo's maybe trading it. And this company's primary market is over in Europe. So sometimes you have some mispricing. Last night, completely mispriced. And that was an opportunity for traders. You just said something that was interesting. You said you had your ducks in a row. And we, we, we talked about this the other day. Yeah. You had more than one thing, more than one indicator telling you to do something, right? You had a few things that supported an argument. My thesis. For going short, right? You had yeah, more- my thesis. Right. My thesis was I, right away when the move happened last night and went from 58 to 60, I was like, didn't we talk about this on the pre-market prep show that we knew that there was good data coming? I'm yeah. like, so one, I feel like this news has already been priced in. So why in the hell are they rallying it again on the same news? And then the second thing is, like I said, I know I've traded ADRs before and a lot of times they'll trade crazy in the after hours over here. And when they reopen in Europe, like I've seen Nokia, you know, Kramer pumped Nokia once and Nokia popped 4%. I was like, Nokia is not going up 4%. When it opens in Europe, it's one of the biggest companies in Europe there. And it opens the next day and it's actually down 1%. So I made 5% on that trade. Uh, just fading, you know, you, you, fading U.S. traders, that, you know, after hours traders. And it's retail. It's a lot of people that don't know what the hell they're doing. Because I don't think there's professionals that are buying Nokia up 4% knowing how thick that stock is on no news. But, you know, AstraZeneca is the same story. I've seen this story before where U.S. traders go nuts on an ADR. It's, a, it's not a little company, AstraZeneca. What's the market cap of AstraZeneca? Let me pull it up for you in the handy-dandy Benzinga Pro. It's not small. Uh, I'm seeing $140 billion. It's a $140 billion company. And all of a sudden, you know, it's tapping on another, whatever, 5 or $7 billion last night because of news that we already knew was coming. So I just figured my, I didn't think it's going to go to 63, 65. It's not like it's Moderna or a Novavax. It's not a small company. It takes a lot, you know, to really, you know, tack on market cap onto that stock. I would have been more of a seller even to yesterday's rally, but I never looked at it again when it trade up to 58. So I'm glad I didn't look at it because obviously trade a lot higher after hours. But once it got there, I was like, this move's just overdone. And we saw, you know, multiple times where vaccine headlines get faded. And therapy headlines with Gilead get faded. And that's been working. And you know what? I see a trade work, work once. I take note of it. I see it work again. I was like, oh, okay, there's a pattern here. I've made some money. You know, we know on the Gilead, I faded that multiple times. I've made some money trading and fading the big pops on these vaccine slash therapy headlines. And it's worked. I mean, it doesn't always work. And you got to watch it on the smaller companies. Um, but you know, for the most part, and when you get the big pop in Pfizer that day, was the same thing. It leaked after that day. And yes, it's come up. It's had multiple headlines again, but we've had this rotation into value. I think the recent rally in Pfizer isn't so much the COVID, uh, drug that they're working on. I think it, and the vaccine that they're working on, I think it's just a rotation into value. Cause if you look overall, all the big pharma has rallied in the last week. I mean, Merck isn't, you know, got, got a drug working there and it's rallied as well. So it's more just the rotation into value. Uh, one quick thing on ADRs, if you don't know, it's just when an international company has its primary stock listing on a foreign exchange, in the case of AstraZeneca, it's listed in London primarily, and then they will cre- essentially create a secondary pool, a secondary listing on 
uh, a different one in this case you know, on the U.S. markets, but you're not trading the primary market for for AZN. The primary yeah. market is London. That's where that's the primary pool of liquidity. With you trade an ADR in the U.S., it's 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 our way. It's it's a way for U.S. investors and I guess Canadian investors too to uh, uh, trade uh, stocks that aren't listed uh, in the U.S. Uh, th- that's an ADR. Real quick explanation. Uh, AZN. So- the market's controlled, and right. just think about this, the market, the primary market is really controlled overseas. So when you're trading it, you know, after hours, AstraZeneca and buying up three bucks, you got to think, hey, the primary market is closed right now. And that's where the majority of your players are going to be. Exactly. Your AstraZeneca players are going to be over in Europe. So there's that potential. Usually liquidity is a lot less and it's flying around. And yes, maybe the positive headline is going to bring it up. But, you know, and there was a headline, so it's always kind of scary. But I've done this with Sanofi, uh, same way where, you, you know, you get a headline and Sanofi's a huge company too. And it pops up big time on the vaccine after hours or, or some type of headline where it gets, gets silly. And, um, you know, and, and, and when, then when it reopens in Europe, you know, those, they're not paying attention to what was happening over here. They're looking at this and saying, well, we kind of already had this priced in. So, exactly. so it, it basically, it's two different markets, but our market is dependent on their market. Is, yes. Is, is the bottom line. And um, when you're looking at the secondary market for primary pricing, you're asking for trouble. And you can tell if you ever see the letters ADR or in this case ADS, it means more or less the same thing. It just means it's an ADR. So this is not the primary market. Last thing on this, Dennis, you said you sold uh, this morning at 56.20. Is that what you said? Bought it. Bought it back. Covered it. Sorry. That's right. That's what I meant. Yeah. So Uh, I sold last night AstraZeneca $60 and I think it was 39, a couple trades, 60, 39, 60, 40. So how did you, why there? Was that just? It was all, it was going to, it was getting close to the close. And I was like, I had it noted that I wanted to take it. I was letting the dust settle out. And I was like, you know what? I I thought about it for about an hour. And I was like, you know what? I don't think this thing, I just said to myself, I don't think the thing opens up three bucks in Europe. That's what I thought. I I, I thought I've got $2.50 lead. I didn't think I'm going to make money, like, you know, extra money that I was actually going to open down in Europe. I did not suspect that. But I thought, you know, maybe it opens up a buck in Europe on this. And I'm going to make $1.40. And I'm making four points because the thing opens down almost, or, or actually, yeah, it opened down in Europe. Obviously, it opens for trading at three o'clock in Europe, three in the morning, but our, our, our markets aren't open to four. But then, like I said, I got to my desk around five, and you can see, you know, it was trading around 56 then. And I covered in the low 56s. So, and you can cover easily. I mean, you don't have to worry about liquidity because the high frequency, you can thank the high frequency traders for the, the liquidity that they bring you on the ADRs because they just price it out with the currency. Yeah, so you'll see the ADR right now bring up it's 56.90, 56.93. That's just chasing the European price because European is a primary market. So if you, you know, lift the bid, they'll make a penny on you. If you hit the bid, they're going to make a penny on you and they'll just do the arbitrage with the stock and obviously the currency effects. It's uh, the back mechanics to how that works. Yeah. All right, let, uh, let's move on here. There's a lot more to discuss. Do you want to go to Twitter or you want to go to the bank? Yeah, no, this is the story of the night last night. Yeah. And I got hit on this. I actually got hit because, you know, I, I, I play a little bit of market maker after hours sometimes and on some liquid stocks. And I was like, oh, boy, this is not a good headline. I turned around and sold, took the loss. So I bought it like 35 and a half, which is obviously not a good buy. But this Twitter hack. Had happened and then i was like i need to get the hell out of this and i sold a 34.85 so i took a pretty good hit but i'm glad i did because it's 34.15 this morning so again i don't wait around saying oh what am i gonna do this is bad news i'm getting the hell out now i still own twitter in my investment account that was a trade i own twitter in my long-term account i'm gonna stick with that I've, i bought it re- rebought it around 30 dollars on the recent sell-off there back um 
uh, maybe it was even before that. I've been up and down with this. I guess I should start trading this thing more. <laughs> As I think I was, it was 30 and then with 35 and then back to 30 and back to 35. So I, I don't know if I'm coming in and buying more here now at 3421, but I don't think this lasts. I agree with what Gene Munster was saying last night. I don't think this yeah. can be, you know, one of those headlines that, you know, slam the stock for a long time. But give us the details because it's very interesting. This and there's is a lot of implications from this. Probably the story of the year in the crypto world, maybe maybe for Twitter as well. This is the biggest hack they've ever experienced. But uh, pretty much near simultaneously yesterday, a uh, number of, if you haven't seen it by now, a lot of high, high, high profile accounts um, got hacked with pretty much the same message. I'm giving away money, send money to this Bitcoin address and I will send money back to you. Um, they hit people like Barack wow. Obama, Joe Biden, Elon Musk, Warren Buffett, Jeff Bezos, Kanye West, Michael Bloomberg, Bill Gates. Uh, they got the Twitter accounts for Apple and Uber. They got a lot the Twitter accounts for a lot of uh, Bitcoin exchanges, uh, Ripple, uh, Gemini, Finance, Coinbase, so uh, CoinDesk, so wow, massive, massive hack. Wow. Just the, the the profile of it, and it was like I said, it was it was near simultaneous. It, it was sort of like whack a mole, right? Like one would 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 pop yeah. up, they would take it down, and then there'd be another one, right? It was just like whack a mole a little bit. Wow. there. So just a lot of big names uh, got hacked last night. Uh, you we really haven't seen. I mean, we've seen like Jack Dorsey get his account hacked before, but. Uh, the last I had seen, there was uh, about $120,000 had been sent to wow. the Bitcoin address. Um, I, I'm, I'm sure the number is way smaller by now because money's been transferred out of that. But uh, yeah, just sort of an epic meltdown situation last night. I mean, I have multiple thoughts here. One, how evil are people that they do this stuff intentionally trying to scam people? I mean, intentionally trying to steal people's money. I mean, it's just evil. But um, the second thing, obviously, is it's crazy that they can, you know, get into a system that apparently has, you know, obviously, yeah. Twitter and break in and get these accounts and you know, and do stuff like this. And then third, who's sending them the money? That's what I'm wondering. I mean, who who actually believes this? I mean, I feel sorry for, you know, the people who did it, but at the same time, I'm like, holy, that's, you know, you, I get these, you get these in your email. You get these in your email every once in a while. It's like, oh yeah, send Bitcoin to da da da. I've had the, that show up and like, it usually hits my junk mail, but you know, it's some like, you know, a scam. It's like, oh, you know, uh, send or or the one had my email address or something, and they had my password. And if I didn't send them Bitcoin, they were going to, you know, da 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 da. They were gonna, you know, send out all my contacts and do all that, you know. And and they don't have your password. I mean, it's just BS. But they're hoping that one person will send them Bitcoin, or otherwise they're gonna ruin your life because they have your email and your password. A lot, a lot more than one person sent big sent over money last night. I tell you that. Uh, and that's very concerning. I mean, yeah. why would you ever think, oh yeah, send me fifty bucks and I'll send you a hundred bucks? Right away, that's a red flag. If some, there's no such thing as free money. Okay, so, so everybody was listening. There's no free money. Yes, you know, you can work for your money. And yes, some people make money easier than other people. But there's no such thing as just free money. Or, you know, and arbitrage has even gone to the high frequency traders and taken all that all away in the, in the markets as well. So if somebody's asking for 50 bucks and they're going to send you 100 bucks right away, it's probably a scam. So um, I feel sorry, again, you know, for the people that got scammed out of their money. But at the same time, man, that's dumb. I'll just pull, I'll just pull up the Bitcoin futures. Bitcoin is turning down this morning. Um, yeah, just 
just a mess of a situation, obviously. Um, yeah, for sure. And, and 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 how do they get it? Apparently, they got it through uh, through Twitter employees, um, essentially who had access oh. to uh, to the backend systems. But yeah, just a mess. Uh, so the, this is not the first time there's been a major hacking. Uh, and, and every time there is, Dennis, you always look towards you. You always have uh, your train of thought. First thing you do, or one of the first things you do, is you look at cybersecurity stocks. Yeah. Right. I, I would assume that they're going to be any fire eyes getting a pop here this morning. Full disclosure, I do have a position. I have a hedged position on because I'm long some of the other cybersecurity stocks. And this one really popped and got silly last night up to 1320. So I put this on against some of the other ones. I don't know how that's going to work out. Uh, but, you know, there's, 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 there's Palo Alto Networks. There's a whole pile of them out there. Yep. Um, so, you know, five or six of them. I'm but surprised. Not, Most yeah. of them are trading down here this morning. Probably just because we got such a tech wreck happening. Maybe that's overpowering it. But I'd, I'd keep an eye on those because, you know, the cybersecurity stocks could catch a bid here after the open if they think, you know, this is, you know, an issue. But, you know, apparently it's in FireEye's happened a little bit here because Fast Money was specifically mentioned that stock. But I'd keep an eye on them. Oh, is that, it, it was the Fast Money. Is that why? I was wondering. Fast why. Money mentioned it. Yeah. And, and people are saying the hack ETF. You know what? I looked at the hack yep. ETF. I looked at this before. Shockingly enough, it's a great ticker symbol and it's called the cybersecurity ETF. But did you ever look at the components of hack? Not recently. Look at the components of hack. And it's like, it's okay. really kind of not a cybersecurity ETF. Like here, here's your top components and you'll be shocked. You know, just if I, I'm going to go bring them up here. Um, obviously, there's lots of places you can look this stuff up. Um, where is it? Let's see uh, if I can beat you to it. You're beating me to it. All so right. the number one holding Cisco. is Cisco. Yeah. CSCO. Is that a cybersecurity stock? CSCO? Yeah, yes and no. Uh, I would say the majority of Cisco's business is not cybersecurity. It's not a pure play for sure. And then uh, Cloudflare. Is Cloudflare? I don't think a Cloudflare when I think of cybersecurity. Do you? Is Cloudflare a cybersecurity? Maybe it is. Partly. Is Cloudflare? Partly. There must be some. Some sort of, of them, they must have some cybersecurity businesses. But Splunk? Splunk's the number third holding. Is Splunk a cybersecurity stock? Go I mean, the, they might have, but I always think of Splunk as cloud. Yeah, yeah. So is Splunk, oh, and, then, yeah. and I'm sure, you know, they must have some cybersecurity, you know, stuff in there or they wouldn't be in the ETF. But like, I would think if I was having a cybersecurity stocks, I would think like the FireEye and the Palo Alto Networks, which is the fourth holding, um, you know, Fortinet, and full disclosure, I have a position on Fortinet. Um, I would think like CYBR, I have that in my portfolio as well. Um, you know, but a lot of these aren't even in the top 10. So it's kind of weird. It's, it's, you know, a lot of technology stocks, but there's a lot of stuff like Akamai Technologies is the fifth holding is Akamai, a, uh, like a cybersecurity stock. I don't think of Akamai as a cybersecurity stock. I think of that as another cloud play. So yes, they have some cybersecurity components in there for sure, but I don't think it's a pure cybersecurity stock. So anyways, I just challenge, you know, that that's a, a pure play, the hack ETF. Great, great ticker symbol, by the way, but uh, the holdings are maybe it's just some stocks have grown more than others. Maybe that's what the issue is, Spencer. It, it could maybe be they it. need to do some rebalancing because some of the pure cybersecurity stocks plays like FireEye isn't even in the top 10. Yeah, CIBR is actually now the largest uh, cybersecurity ETF by assets, uh, but they've got a similar breakdown in the top 10. Broadcom's in there, uh, Cisco's in there, Cloudflare's in there. Uh, so yeah, it's, it, it, it's, it is, they obviously all have exposure to the business but it, it's more than that for a lot, a lot of these companies so 
uh, yeah, but worth keeping an eye on. We talk about trading events and catalysts, and this is a trade. This is an event, and there could be a trade. Not yet this morning, but could be a trade in in Hack and CIBR and all these these names. Uh, CYBR, uh, FireEye, Palo Alto, uh, Proofpoint. Um, so keep Fortinet. Keep that on your radar. Um, but yeah, definitely the news of the day for sure. This Twitter situation, a bit of a mess. Um, surprised they didn't get President Trump. That seems like the one they're missing. But uh, Dennis, they didn't get you, did they? I hope not. No, they didn't get me. I'm not verified. Exactly. I think it was only verified. Oh, we got we got to work on that. All I right. know. I want to get verified. I, I actually looked, I and they said they're not doing any verification anymore, or something like. Oh, it's temporarily. Really? Yeah, it's temporarily suspended the program. So oh, is, could they blame it on COVID. Yeah, I think so. Oh, I, really? I just I actually looked a couple oh. of weeks ago. I was like, "What's it take to get verified?" And I clicked, and I said, "We are no longer. We're temporarily not, you know, doing verified accounts or whatever." I was so I never thought about it again. Okay. But I don't know if it does it any good or not, but a little blue check mark or whatever I, it is. Should we talk just China here? I mean, it's so weak this morning. Uh, they're giving back all these gains. A couple headlines. Uh, just a lot of microaggressions going back between us mm. and us and them. Uh, that's part of it. The other part of it is they had. Uh, GDP out and the economy actually grew last quarter. The Chinese economy grew 3.2% on a year-over-year basis, which that makes them like the only global economy that can say that. So that's good, but apparently it's not good enough and or the market uh, was, I saw a couple quotes from people that the the growth was all due to the government. It wasn't due to the consumer uh, weakness in retail sales, weakness in auto manufacturing. So uh, maybe people attributing growth uh, in China to the government uh, and not as much to uh, everybody else. Uh, and also that combined with just the continuing escalation of tensions. Um, it's the tensions. Co- I combined with the fact that this move yeah. two weeks ago, if you look at the FXI, I'll bring it up, yeah. that move seemed fishy from the get-go. Well, it was a move that, hey, we need you guys, everyone in our country to buy stocks, like a government, you know, mandated like program, buy stocks. And, you know, and you saw this huge move up and it's faded. It's faded significantly. Again, selling into that, you know, rip, you know, for the last, you know, week and a half is proving to be fruitful here because all of these stocks are starting to come way back down to earth. So do they get interesting at a certain point? Like, for instance, you know, I would say, does a JD.com start to look interesting here at 60? I'd say yes. I'd say, you know, this is a stock that has been firing on all cylinders ever since COVID. It is a COVID play. Obviously, we know that sales have been escalating since then. It was in the gutter back in March and, you know, obviously it's had a huge run. But it's trend still up. 60 is a huge support level. I mean, if you're interested in starting to get into some Chinese plays, I think this is your opportunity. I think this is the buy the dip opportunity. I own Alibaba. It's the only one I own. I kind of follow Kramer's uh, rule of thumb there. He likes Bob and, and none of the other ones. But I, I, I could see getting on board on a JD and some of these other ones too that have come down. I mean, you, if you're buying now, now at least you're buying you know, into the dip, which is what you're supposed to be doing. I mean, IQ, huge support of 22. What's it going to do there? It's been down there a couple of times. It's going to hold, maybe. BILI is another one down $41. It's holding on not bad here too. So 4130 is where it's trading the pre-market. So it's going to challenge the lows, the recent lows here. What do they do? Uh, or if you just want to go overall and just go FXI, I mean, you're, you're getting back the majority. Now it's trading 42 and a quarter. You're kind of in a whole gappy area. Yeah. Is it going to go all the way back down to 40? 
Maybe, but it was up at 45.93. So you're getting a pullback now. If you want to start nibbling, if you want to build a position in China, I don't think it's a bad day to do it. Uh, I, I've been long KWeb, the Chinese internet ETF, which has all, yeah. the, all these names and more. So uh, that's not a bad way to play it too. Obviously down today with that, but uh, same trade. I mean, buy the dip, sell the rip. I mean, you're getting a huge dip in China. If you're putting the, some of these stocks on as trades and you've got yourself some you know levels of support and you know where your out is, I can't argue with you. Or if you're a long-term investor, I mean, we've talked about this for a long time. And yes, there's going to be escalating tensions, and maybe that's you know a little bit of a scare time, uh, you know. But yeah. we, but we saw escalating tensions between us and China for a long time. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, some, and some of these stocks have actually held up okay, considering all of that. I, I I just think I look at China, and they've gone nowhere for ten years, so it definitely could be a catch-up trade in there eventually. I have a lot of emerging markets funds. I've talked about that before. I have some exposure to China just from an ETF perspective, and then I have direct exposure. Alibaba, the only uh, Chinese stock that I own. I believe it's one of the only ones that I own uh, directly. So, yeah, yeah I, I don't mind the buy the dip on, on the mentality on China today. 15 year chart of the FXI. But don't think it's bouncing back. Like, you know, China's already closed. So, don't think you know, it's going to bounce back on the FXI you know, over, you know, in an hour. This isn't like a bounce trade. It's going to bounce back in the next hour. But if you're coming in here I, and you've got you know, a time horizon longer than a few weeks, I, I, think, I think it could be a buying opportunity. It could be wrong. All right, 8.30 here. We're going to be joined by Jason in about 10 minutes or so. Let's do some earnings because half hour into the show. I've not done a single earnings report. We can go to the banks. We can go to J&J. Where, do you, where would you like uh, to let's start? Let's start with the banks again, and let's start yeah. with Morgan Stanley because sure. just incredible. The, the, and just before we go to the Morgan Stanley report, I just want to say what incredible trading action Goldman Sachs yesterday. Yeah. Because you get a report that they just killed it. They rocked it, rocked it, rocked it. And it's the same story. I mean, we see the same story. It was a JP Morgan, the same story too. They're rocking it. The stock trades up on their earnings, rightfully so. And then they just don't hold the gains. And for whatever reason, they just don't give the banks a pass. And maybe it's like we've said before, I think there's a lot of bankruptcies coming their way, but I don't yeah, see Goldman Sachs as, more, more as exposed as Wells Fargo. And the trading's killing it. So maybe they just say it's a one and done and they're not going to be killing on trading all the time. And how's your other businesses? But they pulled the rug out from under and Goldman Sachs gave it all back. And Morgan Stanley, same story, just killed it on the numbers. And it's, it actually just came back to the green, but it was red for a while too. Yeah, doing a whole lot of nothing here this morning. Uh, but anyway, the numbers for Morgan Stanley, Q2 EPS, $2.04 versus a $1.00. 12 cent estimate sales 13.4 first 10.3 billion dollars how did they do it how do you think trading revenue up 68 percent on a year-over-year basis investment banking revenue up 39 percent on a year-over-year basis so same story as goldman sachs same story as jp morgan trading revenue carrying operations and they don't they don't care so it rallied up in the pre-market up to over 52 and a half on the initial report and they're like oh no we know the playbook that we turn around, we sell them on good earnings. I don't know what's going to take to get them to actually buy the banks and continue to buy them on good earnings, but this market hasn't cared about the bottom line for a long time. And yeah, they're you know made a lot of money on the trading quarter, and yeah, you know their trading revenues were up in that, but they're looking at the banks, you know, overall, and they're just saying not growth. There's no growth here. We're not interested. So they don't give them a pass again. And then there you are, and the stock's trading down, or it's trading you know, only up 25 cents. So you got to be disappointed. Morgan Stanley, shareholder, you must think like, wow, 
you know, what's it going to take to get the stock to go higher? They killed it. It, it almost reminds me of like, remember Ford and GM when they were rocking out the earnings, you know, a year ago mm-hmm. and they were killing it on the bottom line yeah. and the stocks just would not rally. Maybe it was two years ago and the stocks would not rally. And you know, what's happened since then. So I don't know. I I remain underexposed in the banks because I don't know how they could be doing better in some instances there. COVID quarter, kill it in the COVID quarter because your trading picks it up. But they don't give it a pass and stocks, you know, Goldman Sachs gives it back. Morgan Stanley trying to give it back. Maybe eventually they get some type of a rally. You know, if we get vaccine, obviously that helps the banks. But for whatever reason, they don't give them a pass. We don't, you don't know that. We, no one knows about their exposure. And so I think there's, there's that's the wild card. And we've talked about that for a while, but I think of like Wells Fargo as a no touch. I'm thinking of Morgan Stanley and Goldman of being a hell of a lot less exposed than a Wells Fargo, but there's some exposure there. Uh, Bank America this morning, following much of the same pattern as uh, Citigroup the other day, they beat on their EPS and beat on their sales. doesn't really matter though. It doesn't matter. Down about 3%. Yeah. Same story. It's a good quarter. Bank America, I don't know if they killed on the trading or not. They have a little bit of trading, but I would think a lot less Morgan or Goldman. Yeah. Anyways, it doesn't matter. They beat, yeah. beat. They, they rallied a little bit initially. They tried to rally it just a little bit. And they're like, no, no, we, we sell banks on earnings no matter what. <laughs> and uh, it's down 3%. So um, I, I bought, I've actually long a little bit. I just put it on for a day trade down here because I thought it could have a bounce, but it's not bouncing much. So no. maybe I'm going to have to take that off. But anyways, um, BAC... I don't know what to say. The banks are just disappointing the reaction of their earnings almost every quarter. It's like Groundhog Day. Yeah. Uh, moving on here, Johnson Johnson. We saw UNH report record revenue numbers yesterday. Johnson Johnson also with a great report. Q2 EPS, a buck 67 versus a dollar 48 estimate. Killed sales, it. Sales 18.3 billion versus 17.5 billion. And if the beat and the beat on the earnings weren't enough, they are raising their guidance uh, this morning. They're raising their fiscal year adjusted EPS guidance uh, by by a quarter. $7.50 was the low end. That was the old low end. Now it's $7.75. They're raising their sales guidance for the year as well. Uh, the low end was $77.5 billion. Now it's $79.9 billion. So uh, slight guidance raises for the year for earnings and for sales to go with what was a strong quarter. I mean, I guess it makes sense. We're in a freaking pandemic. Record healthcare costs mean record earnings for healthcare companies, but... 150. I'll just say this is a huge level of resistance. It got up there yesterday, failed at 150.20 pre-market, got up to a little over 149, but they came in with their selling shoes on. It's it's run up four or five, six bucks into the report too. So you could say a little bit of this had already been priced into the stock. Everybody kind of saying, hey, John's John's probably going to beat. They did. Surprise, surprise. And the market's just, you know, saying, well, we don't care. And they're knocking it down a bit. It's not down much. So, you know, it's again, this is a stock that if it dips significantly, I would be a buyer in. So I think you do have people, you know, I don't think it's going to lose four or five bucks here today because I think people would come in and buy Johnson Johnson if it was down four or five dollars just because this company fires on all cylinders. It seems like in any type of market. So love the company. Um, not surprised that's not rallying significantly because everybody knew it's going to be a good report. Yeah. Uh, and then the big one after the close today. Netflix, high expectations. Uh, the company has said uh, to expect seven and a half million new subscribers yeah. last quarter, but I've seen some numbers that are that are in the double uh, double digit millions. Uh, They're gonna kill it. 
they're, and- they're gonna like just think about their environment it cannot get better their environment i think they're gonna rock the number does that mean the stock lifts on it it probably does on the initial headline but then does it get faded so you know trying to call almost the path of it does it pop 20 bucks on the initial headline because they're probably going to kill it and then they pull the rug out from under it is it all priced in lots of question marks here um i almost want to go long it into the report and then sell it like um, you know 30 seconds after the report <laughs> uh but i don't know if i have the guts to do it so i think they're going to kill it though just because the environment but maybe obviously high expectations are in here too so it's a tough one really tough one uh i'm seeing implied volatility of 12 percent, i think so oh wow at a 12 percent expected move in either That's direction a, i don't think it's moving 12 percent Okay. I'd be fading that. I don't think there's twelve percent move, so I'd be. I think there's a play to sell that straddle. The so I don't think are. I mean, we, we talk about uh, earnings in relation to what the stock has done leading up to earnings, and the bar is so high. The bar has never been higher for Netflix. It's so. very high, but I think they're going to come in higher than the high bar. So I think they're going to crush the number. The question is, will the market still not care anyways? That's what I mean. I, I, I don't know. I, I, the reaction is unknown. I think I do think you're going to get an initial lift because there's going to be a headline jaw dropper number, I think, here. So I'm almost inclined to take a flyer on it, just small, speculative, high-risk trade, take it in through the report, and then try to try to sneak out of it You know, 30 seconds after reports on the news algo that's going to buy the hell out of the headline. But that's a really high-risk play. So if I was to do that, it would be on very small size because I don't want to, you know, be wrong and lose 50 bucks. So, but they're pricing a 60 point move in this thing. If it's 12%, that seems like significant move. I don't think it moves 60 points. Are there any stocks that traded with Netflix? Maybe Roku? Yeah, Roku will. Um, and that's a, and that's a good point, Spencer. We love our relationships on this show. And obviously Roku has been back in the favor here for a while. Um, so yeah, keep an eye on Netflix. If you're trading Roku, Netflix blows it away and continues to go higher. Roku will get a lift. So you're absolutely right. Roku will trade off of Netflix. Yeah, this is a big one. This is the first of the big tech reports. So we'll be watching this closely today. Uh, one more. Uh, let's do Domino's Pizza here since they were out this morning as well. Kind of forgot about that one. But uh, Domino's reported Q2 EPS of $2.99 versus a $2.21 estimate. So they beat that number of sales. Uh, $920 for $909 million. So a beat and beat for Domino's. Uh, in the second quarter, uh, their comps at stores that they uh, co-owned were up about 17% year over year. Uh, international uh, comps up 1.3%. So that's uh, same store sales is essentially uh, that number. Um, yeah, the restaurants were, were, were all closed. for di- Not that anyone, anyone dines in at Domino's, but a uh, good quarter. Crushed it. They, yeah. they crushed the quarter again here. Doesn't matter. This is the stock again. It was, it was all priced in. I mean, it had run up into the report. Everybody expecting to crush it. We ran up 13, 17 bucks yesterday. And if we look in the last three days, it went from 380 to 420. So you're talking about a 10% move ahead of the report. The bigger money's made just buying these things sometimes just ahead of the report when you know the expectations are going to be good. And then you get the report. And yeah, it's good. Rah, rah, rah. And the news algo buys it up. And then there's no other buyers. And it starts leak, starts leak, starts leak, and now it's in the red. So you're like head scratcher, like, how is Domino's Pizza trading down on that report? Bottom line, all the expectations were high coming into it, and everybody who wanted to be in it was already in it. Yeah. 
Uh, all right, 8.40 here. Jason Raznick will be joining us in a couple of moments. Hey, let's talk about Dell here. Dell yeah, so this is a head-scratcher, too. Yeah, so. We, we, we're trading on the same headline that we already tr- knew and traded on, and they're yeah. ripping a 10% on it. So that gap, that gap on that chart that's right there, that was from whatever day that was. I don't remember. But, uh, yeah, that going gap, back to June 22nd or whatever yeah, it was. That gap was a report that Dell is looking to potentially spin off uh, for that somehow, was the rumor. Somehow, yeah, it was a rumor that they were going to somehow exit their stake in VMware. Well, uh, same headline. Dell just confirmed it yesterday that they're exploring a potential spinoff. They, and own, they rally at 10% again. Yeah, they own 81% uh, of VMware. They're trying to sell that. I own Dell. I've owned it for a value play for years. It has been a perennial underperformer. It has done nothing. I'm actually back up in the trade now. I think I bought around 55, ran to 70, and it's just been a dog of all dogs. I've bought it because I've always said that their VMware stake is worth more than the whole bloody Dell company is valued at. So when they spin it off, I mean, VMware is a good company and, and Dell, I, like you're getting it for nothing. You're actually getting Dell at a negative value. And yes, there's some debt there, but um, you know, they're going to try to do a tax free spin out. They got to wait till September of 2021 to do it. It's such a windfall here for people who had overnight. I tend to think that this is going to fade. I do think long-term there's a lot of value in Dell. That's why, you know, part of me says, let's sell it here at 58 today and rebuy it at 53 when it gives it back here in two weeks and everybody <laughs> forgets about this again. But then the other parts of me says, I think the stocks were 70 or $75 when it finally decides to spin it off. Yeah. So that part of me says, you've been holding for two years, don't sell it. And then it starts to continue to go up on you. And then you miss the boat you've been waiting for the whole time. So I don't know, as a trader, I would sell it. As a long-term investor, there's still a hell of a lot of value here in Dell. Yeah, just a weird a lot of value. Just a weird headline. A weird, actually, no, a weird it's, move. It's it's a weird move because it already had this move and then it faded it. So we've already seen this play out. That's why I tend to think it probably fades again. And it's already off the highs. It was trading up in the 59 handle. I mean, we look at Dell another week. It could give it back, but you know, is it justified? I think it should be up here. I think it should be up. I think it should be a hell of a lot higher than this. But now you got to wait a year over a year for the spinoff. But, you know, mm-hmm. so maybe we put this on our calendar to rebuy this in August when it starts to come closer to the time when they can actually spin this off. But they're going to spin it off, VMware. And it's got, they own 81% of the company. So you can quickly do a market cap fix on that and figure out what, you know, that Dell's worth. And it's worth a hell of a lot more than it's trading for. So. Anyways, that's my thoughts on Dell. Love, love the value, but it's a big move too fast and it's a year out it probably gets faded talking uh, against my book <laughs> only oh. person on the street that does that yeah uh no. real fast before jason if you're trading norwegian cruise lines this morning and you're seeing it's down what that what's what gives uh common stock offering 250 million dollar offering they announced this morning so there's your, there's your uh, headwind this morning for norwegian cruise lines raising money i guess while they can um it's always so, a good idea Raise money while you can, not when you have to. Yeah. All right. Let's bring on our guest here now. I, I hope he's ready. If, if not, then I guess he'll join us when he's ready. But Jason Rasnick is the founder and CEO of our company, Benzinga. Jason, are you ready? Good morning. I'm ready, but I had a leak this morning, guys. A bad leak. I don't know if you could see the bowl up there. I come down, I hear it drizzling. What's the, going on? Oh, no. Freaking no. I had to move the books. I had to move the shoes. Call the roofer. Dennis Rodman's shoes were basically almost ruined. Oh, no. Oh, my God. As long as the Gretzky jersey is intact, we're okay, though. Don't let the Gretzky jersey get get wet. 
and my wife is out of town. So I wake up to like a leak in here and she, and it was, uh, it was, yes. And my, I, t- I yell to the kids, go get me towels. Like I need a dryer. So they bring me little rags. I'm like, God, <laughs> I need a towel. Yeah. Like I need, a, I need a towel. I mean, it was drenched down here. My wife's like, maybe let it run so we can get like, you know, whatever. But I, I, did I, you, did you find the source of the leak or is it still leaking? It is. It is, <laughs> he's like i think it's still leaking actually it's not part of like my protocol was to stop my computer from getting rained on and moving the shoes the rest i put a ball if the ball fills up like another ball i can't call the roofer yes yeah, so call uh, actually it, it, and, and and sometimes you think it's a roof and then you just gotta follow it because sometimes it's a pipe wait a minute and in my <laughs> case i had this happen to me jason about six months ago I'm like, my basement, I'm like, why is there water in my basement? Yes. You know, and it's in the middle of the basement. It's not like, you know, it's coming in through the wall. And then oh. I follow it up. I follow it up. And I follow it all the way to my shower. And my kids, the three-year-old and the five-year-old, I let them just have a shower in there. And we have a wand. We have the wand on the thing. And they actually had pulled on the wand so hard that they cracked it. So then when they turn on the shower... 90% of the water was coming through the head still. So I didn't notice that there was a problem. But 10% was going down the wall. So every time they have a shower, 10% go down the wall. So if you have a three year, if you have young kids, check first, you know, where they go. <laughs> that's, that's right. I think it's a shower of something. And yeah, it, that's the story. But guys, this is so strange. It is Thursday and I'm here. I usually yeah. come on Friday. Yeah, what's going on? Spencer Israel changed it up. I'm not totally sure why, but I will accept it because he likes to mess with me all the effing time. You guys know that. <laughs> he cuts me off. He, he, he you know, rides me. He calls this out, calls this out. So I'm here Thursday. So if it's not as good of a show with me, you know, my body, my brain is, are, is not mentally prepared yet. <laughs> so I'll do my best. Today is definitely an interesting stock day. I mean, you, you, you have these up days and you have a down day. And everyone's, you know, jewelry. It's raining here in Detroit, Michigan. And so, yeah, I'm a little down. I'll be honest. I'm a little down. I mean, Spencer Israel said, I need to have a Red Bull. I talked about 630 this morning. He's like, Jason, you're not feeling it. We need you to get energy. So, Spencer, I took your advice and I had two Red Bulls. Okay? So, now <laughs> I did not say I have two Red Bulls. He's hot right up here now. <laughs> yeah, but I'm still, I'm still a little, you know, sad about the market right now. But I think, I know, I know. I'm Pollyanna. I think we're going to see a little bit of rally today. I, I hope that it's, it's been the play. I mean, if we rally 300 points, you do some selling. and we fall 300 points, you do some buying. It's buy the dip and sell the rip. So obviously the, the headlines overnight is China's really brought down our markets. The FXI trading down 3% stocks like Alibaba trading down seven bucks in the free market. Yeah. Um, the question is now, you know, we look at the, the tech trade. And obviously, the tech trade has been hot, hot, hot. It's cooled off in the last few days. Is this a cool off, Jason, to, you know, to do some nibbling back in? You could talk Tesla. You could talk whatever tech stock you want. But they've all kind of done the same thing. They kind of had the blow-off top three days ago. And now they've cooled off a bit. Amazon, same story. What are your thoughts here on the tech trade? You're 100% right, Dennis. The tech trade has been the – if you're in there and you're long, you've been right. Now you're about to be wrong for, I think, a little bit. Um, but you still hold on to good companies. So I still hold on to the Googles. I mean, Apple has run so far so fast that it would make sense if you have a huge profit to trim a little off. I, I mean, the pigs get slaughtered thing. I mean, I had those, you know, I call off to Tesla and I'm greedy. And I think Tesla will be at 2000 in four months. So I'm, I'm hanging on, but I have my, my September call. So I'm, I sold one of those, but the tech trade has moved very nicely and very favorable, favorably to investors. 
I have been, honestly, Dennis, I've been playing my other trades, my Yetis, my Mastercrafts, um, Eli, Callaway. I'm, I'm, I mean, you guys know it. Like, Eli, I think earnings are into this month. I'm staying long, and I'm staying long in a decent way. Uh, Generac, the, the, you know, the – That's been a good one. That's yeah, GNRC, I have the um, – I'll tell you exactly what I have. August 21, 2135 calls. And it's up about 189% since I set it on the show. I bought it. I set it on the show and I bought it after the show. So if you're watching the show, GNRC, I say my picks mostly to, before I buy them and on the show. And, um, but then, you know, Whirlpool is another one. I said that one too. Whirlpool, I for sure bought after the show. It's sometimes, if I'm only on the show Friday, sometimes I'll buy during the week. But Whirlpool, September 18th, 20th. Now, why am I buying that? Because, Dennis, as you said, the tech trade may potentially be fading away a little bit. We don't know, maybe in the short term. But my theory is, corona or not, you go look on Google, you go look anywhere, dishwashers, things for the home are being bought. They're just being bought in ways that they've never been bought before. I believe the same thing with Callaway. I believe the same thing with generators at home. People are taking care of their home right now versus going out and spending it. So like these are just no brainer buys to me. You know, one that I've said on the show that finally turned green for me is Yeti, Y-E-T-I. It's finally, it's up a whopping 1.61%, guys. Do I hear a bell ring? Yay! But hey, no. Hey, hey, hey uh, Jason, I'm going to interrupt you for one second. Uh, we, we always do. It's all right. What do you got? We've been having some lagging issues, so here's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to reset our stream real fast, so check this out. Uh, I am stopping our live stream and now I'm going to do restart our stream and we're going to see if this does the trick because we're oh, having some lagging issues on YouTube. Uh, we do have uh, parts for a new computer have been ordered and I believe some of them are in and we're having uh, a new computer built uh, for me to host the show. So th this will not be an issue. I suspect it's a, a hardware problem, but uh, we should be uh, back up now. I think that may have done the trick. I see a good connection. Nothing, nothing changed on my side. Uh, no, I heard everything just normal, but right. No, I know because I didn't drop you guys off of Zoom. All but, right, so we're uh, back. We're back. We're back. We're back. Uh, everyone, I just I just gave the best rant ever, guys. I was fighting with Spencer Israel. We punched each other, and then I gave my stock picks. Did you guys, hear <laughs> he gave them all when you guys were all, offline. All, <laughs> all I did, all, all I did was I, I just reset our stream, everyone. So I, I think we're back. I apologize for the hiccups, but I don't see any buffering. Everyone, chat saying we're all good. We're good. Jason, I don't know what you're saying. But right, I, I got to talk to Marmil. Yeah, Mark, because she knows I'll say no. So she's like, ah, yeah. But no, I, if I save the day, then no insurance company. So we'll, we'll see. We'll see how bad the damage is. I don't want to look, Marmil. Thank you. What I did say is Yeti, Generic, or Generac, Whirlpool have been performing well. I said those picks on the pre-market show prior to buying those. I can tell you the date. We can find the clip. Scott, you can tag it. Scott's one of the video people. Whirlpool is up 85% and Generac is up 189%. And these are just the calls. I, Dennis was talking about the tech trade and it could be fade a little bit. If you look at Apple, Dennis, it's literally just climbed up the stairs for the last three months. I mean, just- It's been too months. easy for the longs. It's too been easy. too easy. So this, it's gonna be some rough roads ahead, I think for Apple. Yeah, and so- Still long it myself, but I'm sticking oh with it. But. 
So am I. Um, but nothing goes straight up like that. I mean, that stair, like, like that's just so, for 220, it's basically doubled in a straight, you know, Jeff Mackey purple crayon, you know, uh -huh. like fashion. It just isn't usually that easy. This was that easy, this one. That's why, I, I, I mean, the trend's your friend until it's broken. And, you know, you could have priced it at 360, at 380, at 390. I'm yeah. not saying coming here and short the stock, but if you got on for a trade, maybe it's time to ring the register on a little bit. Yep. Now, um, and yeah, hit the like button for Spencer Supercomputer or donate money for Spencer's computer. It all yeah, goes that would be good. Supercomputer is coming in. Yeah. Um, wait, wait. So I got to remember Delta that I was on the show that I said I was going long and I'm yep. just going long time. Yeah. So yesterday it had some, it moved up a bit. My call options are down 34%, but they were down 60% as of yesterday. Now they're down 34. So coming back on Delta, I'm, I'm just, I want to be fair disclosure. I want to like, if I'm down, I want to tell you. Mastercraft, MCFT, staying long. Flare Systems, FLIR, I'm staying long. Um, I'm in the flare with you now, too. I rebought it. I couldn't stop myself. So I was bought that about three days ago with all these lows in the 39, 30 areas. Like, I got a nice level to lean on, so I'm going for it. So I'm in the flare with you now, too. Oh, I think we have a surprise. Are you bringing me a computer, Aria? Come on. Oh, no. All right. Spraying towels. No, in more change in the bucket. Wait a minute, Dennis. Didn't the water you, boy. Dennis, Dennis, didn't you do roofing? Can't you go fix his roof? Yeah, no, I did actually back uh, from way back. But he thinks it's the shower. I didn't do plumbing. I did roofing. I, I'm oh, it's raining and he's got a leak. I bet you it's the roof. Close door, close door, close door. Uh, I, I, probably, yeah. If it's actually raining there, Jason, it probably is. It's, ra it's raining. <laughs> raining and is leaking. It's, it's, raining. Raining. it's, raining. it's, it's usually not a coincidence. Dennis did roofing. You just go over there. He oh, sent yeah. me over there, yeah. Because you yeah. can't cross the border. So. Oh, yeah. I'm not allowed to cross the border, though. I'll say it's essential, though. Jason Rasnick's roof is leaking. He needs me to <laughs> yeah, go Jason fix his roof. Needs this a, is essential uh, services here. Yeah. As long, the reason that, guys, I hate rain is the reason that Dennis and Spencer must hate rain as well. You guys all know what it is. Because your roof leaks. Nope, there's three <laughs> things. There's one thing in common that Dennis, Spencer, and I all have. Why I hate rain. Who's the first one to guess it on the thing? And you'll get a free Benzinga swag from the new store that we have launched, Benzinga Shop or something. If you, yep. if you guys know what we have in common, Dennis, Spencer, and I, the reason that I – oh, Lord Jam, you won. Glasses. Lord Jam, I owe you some um, sh swag from the store. Neil, I need the name of the store so they can look at it. We yeah, have. Store, I, I've but, got it for you. I've got it for you. So I own Lord Jam um, um, swag. Yes, we had glasses, and the problem is when it's raining, your glasses get rain on them. You need windshield wipers. So that's the story on that one. Hide your gear. Okay. I, I just put the link to our our as Jason says the hey, swag store in the yeah, YouTube chat. Why can't um, it be a hyperlink, Spencer? It really annoys the crap. Yeah, it's a, it's a YouTube thing. Um, anyway. Uh, yeah, I'm giving Ro, Rohan. I give stuff away. In when the store is fully functional, the links are working. I give stuff away. And here's um, wait. I have to get two more stocks because I'm I'm doing too much bloviating. Hey, what do you got? What'd you buy in the last week? Talk to us. Yeah, that that's what I need exactly. Thank you, Dennis. Thank you for reining that in. So I bought more GAN, G-A-N. I bought more at 22.10. This morning it had some positive news in New Jersey on sales. GAN and the symbol is G-A-N. I like that one too. It's my, it's my casino sports online gambling play. Yeah. So I bought yeah. more of that. And, I, and I'm definitely too long that. So I was on margin for... <laughs> I'm too long that. Don't get margin called. There, I didn't get margin call, but I was 25% margin as of a week ago. I'm now I'm down to like 18, 17, no, 16% margin. And I'm doing it because I'm trying to catch up to guys like Dennis, you know, 
Like, <laughs> that's not how you do it. That's, that's how I'm doing it, Spencer. How do I do it? Actually, actually, I will say that Jason's employing the same tactic as the California uh, what, uh, CalPERS, the state pension fund. They're also using leverage to catch up. So, uh, they are? Wow. Yeah. Well, how, how, that's how do you do it? That's how you do it, I guess. Think about it. You guys know I've been buying Tesla all the way up. If I would have gone more margin on it, I mean, I would be, you know, I could add that zero onto my account like Dennis. And so I just, you know, so I wish I would have had Tesla all the way up. So, so anyway, so I, I told you about GAN. Yep. I, I bought a small stock. I don't know if I should say it. I probably shouldn't. Let me see it. Before you say it, is there going to be news? Yeah, is it not their expo? <laughs> Are you predicting a headline? All right. So He's I'll, psychic, man. He predicts the headlines. Well, don't. I mean, listen. I don't know. There's no prediction on this one. It's 183 million dollar market. It's not terrible. Well, here, 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 here's the concept. We had them on our cannabis hour. It's okay. at 2 p.m. to 3 p.m., which is like BZ cannabis hour. We had, it's called Terrasend. They're on our show. The guy, the CEO, said you know stuff that I liked. I'll give you this in one second. I just don't want people to look at it yet. And I um and I liked what he said. I have no inside info. I got nothing ahead of time. He's on the show. I didn't even buy the stock then. I bought the show. I bought the stock the next day or that night. I forget which time when I bought it. The symbol, it's an OTC. That's why I'm like hesitant, but T-R-S-S-F. T-R-S-S-F. I liked that they did a private placement um, of $30 million in, in May. And then they had, you know, positive cash flow earnings. And in the cannabis space, that's not too common. And so I think they're, the, and they, in the show, I talked about, you know, earnings and revenue growth and all that stuff. And they know that the markets value earnings these days. So I like that. And I, I'm not too invested in the market in the, in the cannabis space because at Benzinga's business, you know, we do a lot in the cannabis space in terms of content and all that. So I'm already feeling like I'm invested, but I did buy this TRSSF and I didn't buy it. I didn't buy it big time. Like I, it's a small speculative play. play. Totally speculative play. It just happens to have gone up 10% since that day. Um, You're so, a genius. How'd you what? know? I'm a genius? Yeah. yeah. So, so um, yeah, that's Spencer saying I'm a genius and then really thinking he's an idiot. Okay. Um, but, um, <laughs> Putting words in my mouth. I, don't I know. Spencer, I told you I'm going to do it, buddy. You're not going to do it. So, yeah, TRSS is up 13.9%. So, I bought – I told you. I bought more of that GAN. I bought TRSSF. Um, You've you talked know, about GAN for a while. And, you know, you were trading GAN for a little bit. It ran up. I actually was in GAN. I sold it. I kind of want to rebuy it. So I'm kind of well, with you. I'd lean, you know, where I'm looking is at 2175 low. That's a nice little low to lean on there now. It's up here this morning. So I'm not sure if there's a headline or something because everything is down this morning. But no, GAN is up. There's a, there's a headline. New Jersey, okay. New Jersey, their, their sales. So we're going to bring on, we don't have them committed yet, but Spencer or I'm going to work on getting the GAN CEO on. I want to understand it more. So some of these stocks, guys, that I buy, I know you guys trade them quicker. You're more technical. I'm more fundamental. And I want to know is if, if, if sports gambling gets bigger in New Jersey, how does that affect gambling? I want to know that. I want to understand the mechanics. Remember the thing that I always say in the show, Dennis, the thing behind the thing. I like I that. No, Spencer doesn't like the grammatical you know, sounding of that. I like it. The thing behind the thing, and that's GAN. And I, and I said Generac, I bought more of. Um, lithium, I'm just hanging on to. I saw someone just asking the room. I'm, I'm, I'm in with I, you. You tell me, you let us know when you sell, because I'm in the lithium because of you. This is your pick, LTHM. You know what? That's another, Spencer, it's another one we should probably try to get the CEO on, because 
It, you know, it's not my pick. It's Gene Munster pick and Munster's pick. Yeah, I, mean, I love Gene Munster picks. He's he, Gene Munster knows how to pick them. Yeah, he does, and so that's no doubt. And then uh, one more thing, um, I, I, I want to make sure you guys heard me. I'm long Eli Ely. I'm I'm playing it as an earnings play for the golf the golf club tree, and I hope it's right. It, the stock is up in my account. Um, I mean, again, on this show, it's up ten. You were around fifteen when you were talking about it. Yeah, it's around fifteen. And your GAN thing, you're right, Dennis. It went from like sixteen to twenty three, back down to or twenty five, then back down to nineteen, eighteen. And I got a little when I saw the huge gain, then it went down to twenty. I'm like, hey, I want to sell a little bit, so I sold fifteen percent of that GAN. And I want to understand it more because I think GAN could be a, a, a situation where it's a big long position, like how I did my Tesla. Um, and Yeti, Y-E-T-I, Spencer, what are earnings? Let me go check that out. Benzinga Pro, what for, did you say? For, for Eli, it's not confirmed yet. For Yeti, is that what you asked? Yeah, I would love to. Uh, August 6th, before the market opens. Wait, I don't know if it's – where are you seeing that? On our site? That's in Benzinga Pro, for Yeti. Okay. I also see July 30th somewhere. I hope it's August 6th. Not for it, Yeti, no. You see Yeti's August – okay. Yeah. All right, that's good, Spencer. I'm gonna get E Trade all messed up then. Okay, cool. So um, Yeti August six. I'm holding Yeti through earnings. I mean, I don't know how it doesn't destroy earnings. Honestly, destroy. I've never seen more Yeti stuff ever. It's like that same trade with Peloton, Dennis. I was so confident on it. I've done the same research on Yeti that I did for Peloton, and I bought Peloton from 28 down to 21, Dennis. And um, and now it's at 60, whatever. So, I'm, I mean, if, if Yeti does not destroy earnings, then I, I don't know what to tell you, man, honestly. It's been, it's been on a hell of a run. That's the only thing. I is, don't is, care. Is, 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 it, is it all priced in is the question now? Because we went from $15 to $44 here in three months. So he's talking, talking about stocks of 200% in three months. So it's had a big move. Can that move continue? That's the question. Well, so two, two, two things. Yes, guys. This day is not like any other day because I'm usually on Fridays. My brain is not. <laughs> People are like, what the hell is going on? Is it Friday? My body is messed up. I, Spencer Israel called me at 6.30 in the morning to prepare me. He's like, Jason, don't forget it's Thursday. And, you know, and I'm like, Spencer, I just don't feel it. I need my Friday. I mean, my body's used to it. Friday morning, <laughs> market prep show, and we kick ass all together. But he said, Jason, have a Red Bull. And I said, no. Nah. And then I had two Red Bulls. That's where you see the energy now. And right, I'm trying to bring it. But listen, we have a down day, so we got some, you know, we got some things we got to fight through here. We got to fight through it, but we got to find good companies and be careful. Like I don't, I don't want anyone to over leverage stuff. When I say I bought that TRSSF, whatever, that doesn't mean for you to go out there and buy a bunch of it. Like if, if I had a crystal ball, I mean, the closest crystal ball I had was on New York Times and Peloton in the last four months, I would say. Express, five people would say too, but. New York Times and Peloton are ones I went super long on. Express Buy didn't, just being honest. But I, I try to do things conservatively. I talk about margin and people like freak out when I say it. I treat margin very conservatively. So I sell it off very frequently. I usually don't go into the weekends with too much margin. And I used to not have any margin. But what I'm trying to do right now is catch up to Dennis. And I have to work <laughs> And so think about this. If I was, if, if I was running a track race, right. And I want to um, beat someone who's really a fast runner. Well, how am I going to do it? If I like, there's only a few things I got to work out a lot more. I got to do this more. I got to do this. 
And then there's things that give you added advantages. I could add like, you know, um, you know, uh, SpaceX boosters on my feet. I mean, that would help, right? So that's, <laughs> that's my margins. This like. is one of the weirdest tangents. That's <laughs> yeah, a good one, though. I like it. where it's going. I am going to end this show. I'm going to end this. Spencer's about to cut me off again, guys. Um, like, I'm going to end this. <laughs> oh, what? How does Joseph Linear Fish know that? Yeah, I mean uh, – you guys, okay, maybe next week I'm going to bring out the screenshots of when Kramer called me a little kid and when, when, te- when Amazon was at $76 and I said it's a buy because they're diversifying and they're cutting, you know, at the AWS and he, they, him and Doug Cass ripped the shit out of me way back when. I have it, I have it as a screenshot. And by the we way- We love Doug Cass. Doug Cass has been on our show. Did you know that? Oh, I, I love Doug Cass too. I'm just going recently. Kramer and Doug Cass ripped me like into tear, you know, and I sold it. I'm like- all right, they're smarter than me. They're way older and yada, yada, and Kramer, you know, they're whatever. But the thing I was going to say, I did say the S word maybe twice this show. And you know why? Joel wasn't here to yell at me. Spencer just yells at me. Spencer, <laughs> yells, loud. Spencer yells at me about having more energy and Joel yells at me about language. Awesome. So, and then my wife yells at me about yeah, it. I try to keep it PG-13. So. And, then my, and then my wife yells at me about everything else. So, um, hey, guys. I still want to do that golf outing before the end of the year, but I don't know. This Corona thing is I really want to get everyone together. This community, this pre-market prep community, Dennis, Spencer, Joel, the community is so strong, so amazing. I know we're ending right now. Um, We appreciate everything you guys do. We also very much appreciate the feedback you've been sending. Dennis, Joel, Spencer are hard at work on some new ideas and some more organized like rituals in the show to some fun little things. And you may not like it, you may like it, but we're gonna, they're going to test it out. So we do appreciate it. My email is jason at benzinga.com. And the one thing I really do appreciate is if you go to your online brokerage and tell them they should add Benzinga News to their service, I could be more thankful for that. And we are going to do swag giveaways. Um, we're getting the, the store is almost ready to really be um, going. Neil Hamilton's our guy on that. Um, but just love you, Dennis. Love you, Spencer. Love your show. And again, we're all here for each other. Be kind to one another. And um, let's keep conversing. Yeah. And you can follow me. Thank you. Thank you. Michael, St- uh, thank you. Um, we, 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 anything you can say to your brokerage, brokerages help us get Spencer Israel's supercomputer. And I agree. He should have a supercomputer. I totally agree. And so, what'd you say? Some of, the, some of the parts are here. I know, but like, you guys, computer. Yeah. you guys. Our vision for what this community can do is so big, you don't understand, and we have to bring money to pay for that vision. We don't like raising money because then you dilute everyone, and it's a whole mess, and you have all these people who can tell you what to do, and then we can't do this stuff. To be honest, we would have had to cancel the like, show two years ago and say, oh, this is not making enough money or this. We don't like to do that. We like to march our own drummer. So any support you can do and telling your broker that you love Benzinga News does help us. Um, and keep sending the feedback. The feedback yeah. emails pre-market at – no, it's – um. What yes, is it? that's right. Pre-market. pre-market at benzinga.com and if you have anything individually you wanted to send me i'm jason at benzinga.com and if you are hearing this please send it like in bullet points or like a short anything over 150 words is really hard for me to read because i guess i'm not a good reader <laughs> I'll, I'll i'll read it and translate if it's longer but uh, yeah oh any God. piece of feedback someone tweeted at us yesterday that the the button the pre-market button on the on the new uh, web page was too small they couldn't find the show we love that stuff a- any sort of feedback helps us we appreciate it. the good the bad, and, and we the fix that Yep. Talk to Bert, head developer. And he said it's, uh, it's, it's in, in yes. anything you guys see, anything you want us to do, any tool you use that we don't have or don't do, 
tell us, tell us, tell us. We're here for you. There's no, Dennis doesn't do this for just like, you know, shits and giggles. He does this because he wants others to learn from his experience. Kathy Woods, I can get Kathy Woods all day. Who said Russell Red? I can call her right now. How do you know Kathy Woods? Ark Invest, that's my girl, my buddy. I, I uh, hung out there for a whole afternoon in Detroit. If you want Kathy Woods on, you name the day and time, she'll be on. That's one of my, that's one of my, uh, uh, yes. Right. I'll talk about that because I'm, I'm on one of her funds. So uh, uh, yeah, I would love to get her on and, and talk. I'd love to get her on. I could call her right now and put her on the phone right now and she'll answer. Live right now. Uh, she's in California at 6 a.m. I not guarantee here. she saw Jason Raznick's calling her, the one and only. Yes, I'm joking when I said the Jason <laughs> Don't, don't call her right now. Person. But Dennis Dick, <laughs> you guys know when Dennis, um, when Dennis Dick, uh, Dennis Dick calls me, he like, called me like two days ago on the phone. He just refers to himself as Dennis Dick. Dennis Dick is calling you because we want to talk about Tesla. Dennis Dick. So I used to do some Raznick on myself. Dennis does it all the time. He always refers to himself as Dennis Dick. Right, Dennis? <laughs> That's how you do it. Yeah, all right. Well, guys, she's not going to hang up with me. I guarantee you, WebCoin, you want to put money on that? She will answer the call. I don't care. It's 6 in the morning. She is my friend and my good friend. All right. Jason Raznick is the founder and CEO of our company, Benzinga. You can email him, as, as always, jason at benzinga.com. Jason, thanks for hanging out with us. Love you, Dennis. Love you, Spencer. Have a good day. And I'm missing Friday. I don't know why you cut me off on Friday. It's a new change. I don't know. But I fix that week. Yeah. <laughs> cut him off. Yeah. All righty. <laughs> we'll on, that, that. <laughs> on that note, uh, that'll be a wrap for it's us. It's like tradition. He cuts Jason, Jason off. <laughs> yep. Everyone, you can catch a replay of this show on YouTube or on our podcast. We're on every major podcast platform. Uh, as I mentioned, as Dennis leaves, that's okay. Send me an email, premarket at benzinga.com. Uh, and please remember all the information from our show is meant to be used as informational purposes, not for investing or trading advice. Uh, please hit that like button. We appreciate it. Everyone have a great rest of your day. We'll be back with you on Friday morning. I believe, I hope with Joel O'Connor. Have a good one. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants. They all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.